it's a nice, cool, breezy winter night in California, in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. It's the 2020 Golden Globes when Ricky Gervais gives an epic speech, basically telling Hollywood to go and F itself before it tries to lecture us yet again on social issues, politics, things that will never affect them from their Calabasas estates. Well, guess what? I was there. I'm going to play you a little bit just in case it somehow slipped your mind. Here's a little refresher. If you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God. And So, it's already three hours long. Epic, right? Iconic. Now, I was there at the actual HFPA viewing party, which is in the same venue as the Golden Globes, the Beverly Hilton, my second home, basically, when I was in Hollywood, had a cot there, had a sink, like the whole thing, because I was there so much with events. But when the Golden Globes happened, the actual show, you know, when they all sit around, whatever, and they're all like super uptight, but pretend to laugh at a joke at their expense. They're in a room in there. And in all the other rooms, there's the Netflix party, this all the after parties, right? So I'm in the same venue as this is happening at the official party of the people throwing this shenanigan. And I'm watching this on the screens because they have like little charcuterie boards, whatever. And they have like the little carving station set up for when celebrities come to get their, their trophies or statues to get them inscribed, you know, to get them all shiny and whatever to like go put them in their assholes later. So I'm watching this on the screen. And I almost flip the table of charcuterie board with excitement. I'm like crying. I'm jumping for joy. I'm like, oh my God, someone's saying it. I'm, I think I made it shed a tear, happy, sad. I don't even know. I, right? I had so many emotions because I was like, holy shit, he's so right. And still it is so like, he literally gave no fucks and it was so iconic. And you could even see like, how awkward, like they, they can't even like laugh at a joke about them. They're all like, right. A bunch of scarecrows. And it is amazing. And even to this day, I think the video has like, has like 18 million views of his monologue. And it has, I think like, I don't know, a huge amount of likes and like a teeny little bit of dislikes because that's how many people were like, keep the sermon going, my friend, keep it going. This is how I feel about celebrities weighing in on politics, social issues, right? Because I was there and I saw it and I saw how they live. So I feel a certain type of way, but I also do feel really conflicted about it, especially because we are in this age of this big brother censorship, psycho analysis dream from hell. So I don't really want them to shut up. So we're going to dive into this today, okay? Because it is multifaceted and like the extinct fake news, actually before it was fake news, real newspaper, it's not so black and white. Also, I look different today. It's because I actually have my hair extensions in again, because, you know, these days you never know. They might be doing like hair extension passports. So you might as well be prepared. Okay. So first for you guys, we're going to talk about the sports. I know for you girls, you're like, this is not my language. 
bear with me because I'm going somewhere with this because we know this shit has gone into sports as well. And I call it the sports because of this time I interviewed Cole Sprouse from Riverdale and I was talking to the cast about their high school experience. And he's literally like, I didn't do the sports. So but you never um, had a little FOMO, like, oh man, like the sports team or that, or like the, you know? Nope. Come on. I'm not a sports guy either. I don't really do the sports. Yeah, relatable. The sports. Okay, so the sports, guys. So this week, in this week's news, I'm not going to get into the depths of Aquaman's lair with this, but I actually went on that set and never watched the movie, so. Shh. Okay. The MLB decides to move its all-star game out of Atlanta to protest the Georgia voting laws. I'm not going to like, like I said, I'm not really going to go into this, but into the trenches, (laughs) pun intended. But if you want my thoughts, bitch, hit me up on DMs. Okay. Because you know that I have them. So it's everywhere, right? You can't even watch a fucking sport without something like being on your forehead. And this is controversial. And look, this may not be popular, but hear me out. Okay. Cause we saw this a lot last year with the NFL, with the NBA, especially pertaining to black lives matter, especially with the NBA, right? Because you had players with like BLM on their, uh, you know, on their jerseys, the courts, right? So here's a piece from Yahoo last fall and it's called NFL social justice messaging sparks anger in every direction. And I get why I get why it did. Right. Because you have one side being like, dude, can't we just watch the sport? Like for F sake, I even saw somebody wrote a comment saying I watch sports to escape politics. And I think there's fairness in that. I really do. I could totally see that. Like we want to escape the despair of our lives. I totally understand that. Right. But I could also see on the other side for somebody like a LeBron James, if this hits close to home, right. It's not like a political issue. It's a human issue. And they want to give voice to that. I totally, totally get that. And I do see, and I agree that it is a human issue. It shouldn't be political, but unfortunately these days, every single thing is political. And I could see how somebody who is black would be like, Oh, gee, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You want to escape. Like, unfortunately we can't escape our daily lives and the shit we go through. So, oh, gee, I'm sorry. It is also worth noting that ratings in the NBA, and I think a lot of sports dropped last year, but there is speculation. They don't know if it's because it, you know, things did get political or if it was the overall decline due to COVID. They're not really sure, but it's something that people have talked about. But here's my thing when it comes to this. I do see, like I said, the, the need to want to escape. I'm not watching Gilmore Girls at night to be talking about whatever it is is going on that day in Sleepy Joe's dreamy state. I'm going to get a cup of coffee at Luke's, numb my brain, and then draw on myself for a couple of hours, right? So I totally, totally understand that. And here's the other issue that I have with it is that I feel, and this happens a lot with celebrities, beyond athletes, right? A lot of the times I feel like it's a popularity contest. It's like this feel good, performative, you know, surface level activism. And does it really help? Is it really getting into the help that people really need? I'd be really interested to talk to a group of black people who are underprivileged. Did all the messaging and hooting and hollering in the NBA really help your day-to-day lives? Like that's what I, and I feel like that comes to celebrities a lot. It's this like surface level, yay, rah, rah. Okay. So that's number one. So we're moving away from the sports. You can be happy now, gals. 
put the basketball down for a sec. This is obviously something that's on people's minds, of course, because of the aforementioned the sports, but also Scarlett Johansson talked about this in an interview like two weeks ago about uh, actors and celebrities talking politics. Again, whether BLM is a political issue to you or just a human issue, like I said, that's a separate thing. I'm just talking politics at large as she was. So I have to say, I actually, so I met ScarJo on the set of Black Widow and she is, I was really impressed because a lot of the times when you interview celebrities, they literally like, they couldn't give a fuck about you. They're like regurgitating some shit that their publicist fed them like a robot and they really couldn't give a shit, right? Their eyes are glazed over. They're thinking about their next manicure. They're thinking about their next spray tan. They really couldn't give a shit, right? But she was not like that. You would ask her something and she really would like take a minute to think about it. She was super articulate, super thoughtful. And I really, really appreciated like how I was like, wow, she's really smart. Not that I think that she wouldn't be, but you know, I was really impressed. So she said this in an interview two weeks ago about how celebs should just like butt out and here. And again, had people rejoicing because they're like, for the love of God, yes, someone gets it. She says, I don't think, and I'm, I condensed it a, a, a little bit because we have lives to lead, but she said, I don't think actors have obligations to have a public role in society. You didn't choose to be a politician. You're an actor. Boom, bitch goes the dynamite. Then she said, your job is to reflect our experiences, be a mirror, um, whatever our political views are. I feel most successful when people disappear into a story, right? Agreed. Okay. Fair enough. But then Then though, this is where it's funny. She goes on to talk about the election and she says when Biden won, it quote, felt like the end of a war quote. And there I do find the irony because we've never been more divided. So clearly it's not the end of the war. I feel like it's almost just like the start of this like cultural civil war. Like we literally, people have their pitchforks out. They are not happy. They're ready to throw shit down, right? So that's where it's like, okay, our celebrities a little bit out of touch? Like, but I appreciate her sentiment. But I think, again, it's like you're out of touchness may show right there because like everyone hates each other. Okay, and this gets into why I feel a little bitter about before I like have their back and give them the benefit of the doubt. And the part that really does make me unhappy when I see them getting shut down is why I, especially being in Hollywood am like, bitch, save it, save it, Sally. Okay. Like, no, I saw it firsthand. And I mean, I think you guys saw it too, even like, okay. So speaking of the election and the inauguration, so many people were like, are these people fucking for real right now? Like even people on the left, I knew were saying this people were like, Oh, oh, okay. Like we're suffering and have lost everything. And people are in poverty and perishing and losing everything that they have. But sure. Katy Perry and JLo put on a million dollar fireworks display in your Versace outfit while you sing at the top of your lungs. Like it's just so out of, again, out of touch. Right. So that is like a perfect example of people I know on both sides who were like, wow, this shit is special. This is like the best optical illusion I've seen all year. Now I saw this firsthand all the time. And this is why I have such a knee jerk reaction. Like that lady Gaga Twitter thing with like the, when she was like in the camo with the beer, like 
yeah, man, Bo, I was just like, dude, oh my God, stop it, Stephanie from New York, stop. So I would go to, like I said, Beverly Hilton, Bev Hilton. And by the way, here's a little insider thing about the Beverly Hilton where all these extravagant um, events happen. Also, I think, yes, that is the hotel where Whitney Houston died, which I found out like towards the end of my time there. So that was like an awakening for my soul. But I, they, they're known for having like the driest, scariest, nastiest chicken. I wonder if they served it to celebs because like one time at the end of my time there, I was at an event such as one of these that I'm going to talk about. And like, literally I, I went into my throat and took out a chicken bone. I swear to God, I have witnesses and I could put you in touch. Should you have any more questions about that? Okay. So there are so many things that I covered that would be like galas for this and auctions for this. You name the cause like ad libs, fill in the cause and you name it. You got it. I was there. It could be poverty, this, um, you know, LGBT, whatever it is. Okay. But there's one that stuck out to me and that was an event for the, uh, um, I think it's a nonprofit and it's called wild aid and it was called live aid. I have my little notes. It was called live aid. Like Josh Jumal was there. And by the way, I interviewed him on the carpet and he like wanted nothing to do with me. So I was trying to bond with him. It's a little sidebar. I was trying to bond with him because I did hot yoga with him, like literally the night before. And I was like trying to shoot the shit with him as I do being like that hot yoga was hard as shit. Right. So loosened him up. Then I try to ask him about his kid because I'm there for a tabloid. And he's, he literally was like the funniest thing. He's like, cause the whole event was for animals and preservation of animal wildlife and their freedom. And he's like, he gives me the, literally the most obscure answer to avoid talking about his and Fergie's kid. He's like, I talked to him about elephants. I talked to him about frogs, about hippos. And so most creative answer, Josh Dumal, it goes to you. So this is like an example, right? I'd be sitting there in this fancy gala with everybody in like their gowns and their champagne and their overpriced jewels talking about causes such as this, like in this example one, it's like illegal trade of animals and they want to lower like the consumerism, all this stuff. And I would just, I would leave the event and I would call my best friend. You can ask him. And I'd be like, oh my God, or tell him, I'd be like, this is just like, it's such bullshit. Like how hard is it to be in a fancy dress and like cheer on in a, uh, a cause? Like, why don't you go and actually get your hands dirty? So it just gave me such a bad taste in my mouth because it's, again, it just felt so out of touch and that doesn't go for everyone. Like I covered Sean Penn's core event. He's been doing core for over 10 years that I've told the story on the show before, so I'm not going to relive it, but it's when Leo was there and I left early and ran into Patricia Arquette and Sean at his own event, smoking a cigarette and he caught me leaving early. Yeah. So that was the one and he's super passionate about it. Right. So this doesn't go for all of them all the time, but I do have that really like, dude, I've seen how you live. I've seen your limos. I've seen like the person who waxes your butthole. Like, I'm sorry. You know, things that impact us are just not going to impact you. Like you're so extremely privileged. Stop. And, and because I have met so many of them and in Hollywood, like had friends who were trying to be actors, singers, I get it. Like they're people like us, even though they seem super robotic, they do have a little heart and brain in there. Okay. So they're going to have their feelings on stuff. They're going to have their opinions. So I don't think it's fair to be like, well, shut the fuck up. Like, we don't want to hear it from you because naturally they're going to have opinions on things, despite it being one big pageant queen popularity contest. You know what I'm saying about that? But I do feel like there is 
there is a part of me that's like they can't win. Okay. So let's talk about your man, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Okay. So he came out with an album last month called Justice. And it got a lot of flack because he the album opens with a with a quote, a soundbite from Martin Luther King Jr. And then there's an interlude called MLK, and it's another one of his bites. And I listened to it now. Despite the fact that MLK's daughter, Bernice, tweeted approving it, being like, thank you. Thank you for bringing awareness to this, right? Because what he says was, um, he says like in an interview, he was willing to take shit. He knew he would get shit for this, but he says like, I want to learn. And growing up in Canada, we didn't learn about the history, uh, you know, the U.S.'s really long, brutal history with slavery, and black people. So with that said, he obviously got a lot of flack and was called like a white savior. Right. And on top of it, he came out on this Easter Sunday, he came out with an EP called freedom. Like he is riding this train. So he's like really going for it, but here's my thing. Okay. This is where I'm like, can they not win? Cause it's like, okay, he's trying to do a nice thing, but here's also like, and he could never in a million years, speak for an experience of a black man. So he's not going to be out here being like, well, listen, you know, how could he ever, he can't. So like, I see like where he's trying, like dipping his toes in the kit, in that, in that pool, but the albums, both of them are like, essentially he has these quotes from MLK, but then they're about like the love of his life, Haley Bieber and like being in love and like being misunderstood. So that's where I see it being a little like off putting. Cause it's like, dude, my friend, U.S. slavery is not the same as your love life. Like that, you know what I mean? Even Cher, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Cher tweeted a couple of days ago um, when the Derek Chauvin case was, um, you know, was going on. She had tweeted something like, you know, it makes me so sad what happened with George Floyd. I wish that I could have been here like I could have done something to help. And she as well got a huge ton of flack for being like the white savior, right? So this is where it's like, it gets tricky because it's like, I, I get that they're in the right place. Like their heart may be in the right place, but like, do we not want them to talk about anything ever? Because that also is where I know I would get frustrated. Right. When I see celebrities, um, sorry, it was the ghost of Whitney Houston calling me when I see celebrities trying to speak out on something and they either get like censored or shut down. And I'm like, no, keep going, keep going. You know, an example of this, this was like really, really crazy. You guys, Wendy Williams, I don't know if you saw this, but last month she was taught God, Whitney's like, Whitney's like the, the ghost taking over my notes. They're like out of control. So last month she had an interview with Dr. Oz in which she says like point blank, she's like, I'm not getting the COVID vaccine. I don't trust it. I'm not getting it. And he's trying to convince her to get it. Right. I find this kind of strange. No one picked it up. No one picked it up. And part of me is like, is that because it goes against mainstream media's narrative that like, you have to get this right. That's like my initial reaction. 
but no one picked it up. And this in my, in my mind is like an example of the censorship I talk about. Cause I talk about people getting censored. And I think that there's a disconnect because a lot of the time people will be like, well, what do you mean, Taylor? We're talking about it right now. We're talking about this right now. What do you mean? They're talking in front of a microphone and that's not the same as censorship. So yeah, you can go on and say anything you want, but if it's suppressed, if it's shadow banned, if it's not picked up, if it's not spread out to the masses, that is like a form of censorship as well, right? Testing, testing, Jack Dorsey. Are you still in there in your creepy cave? Okay, so here is one piece though that did pick up the Wendy Williams thing. And this is like, goes into the idea that part of me also feels like we only wanna hear from celebrities and we cheer them on when they say what we agree with or what we want. So there was one piece I found on the Wendy Williams thing from Madame Noir. And it says, well, it makes one point that it, she reflects how many black women, this is what the piece says, how many black women honestly feel about the possibility of getting the vaccine themselves. Because on the YouTube video, there are tons, like I thousands of comments and all of them were like agreeing with her and being like, thanks for standing up for this. But the piece says, it probably would have been best if Williams just kept her opinion private. So it's like, right, because it's something you guys don't agree with, right? Here's an interesting comment as well, which ties into this on the video, which ties into this idea. And it says, Dr. Wizard of Oz tried to guilt Wendy, Wendy by saying her decision is influential, but if she says she's getting the vaccine, that's also influential. So the influence quote argument is meaningless because she's influential no matter what decision she makes. You make your own decision where, whether you want the injection or not. So basically what he's saying is, when it's something people don't like or agree with, they'll be like, tsk, tsk, Wendy, you have a lot of influence, like in a bad way, you know what I mean? Don't do it, don't do it this way. But if it's something they like agree with, it's like, yeah, use your influence, you know, that whole idea. And you guys know I've talked about it before, but Letitia Wright, same thing. Genuinely questioning the vaccine. You guys know how I feel about it. I did an episode, a, a brief episode about it last week and was like literally tethered out of the stratosphere on cue, not allowed to talk about it. And this is what I mean with the censorship. It's like, yes, technically we can, but look at what happens. And I also want to give a, um, a brief little like sidebar. Cause I had talked about the vaccine in my, um, app last week in my brief app. And I saw, I saw, and I wish I had seen this before I did that, but this is like a little sidebar off the Wendy thing off the mainstream narrative is I posted it to my IG story. But for those of you guys who didn't see, there is a man who's a medical professor at Harvard. He's actually on the board of advisors for the CDC. He's an epidemiologist. And he had tweeted something to the effect of, you know, not everyone has to get the vaccine. If you're young, if you've already had it, you're pretty much okay, right? You don't need to necessarily run to get it. Well, those tweets were censored. And that is what I mean about us not being able to talk about it. Like, and I, and I said this too, like celebrities being silenced and shut up for saying their opinion or asking questions, that's one thing, but certified doctors. And he even tweeted about, you know, getting censored. So the, so what Twitter did was censor his tweet so that you couldn't reply or retweet it, nothing. Um, and he even had tweeted things after the fact being like talking about how outrageous that was being like, do you know who I am, bitch? But that's what I mean. And this brings me into my larger point about all of this, right? The C word. 
the C word, not Carano, but Gina Carano is another one, another one who this happened, this happened to is the censorship is the censorship going on. You know, I, I do feel like it's unfair. You know, I was super vocal when Gina Carano was punished for essentially doing the same thing that her male co-star of the Mandalorian Pedro Pascal did, but he is still employed and she got fired because he's in line with the popularity contest of the left woke Hollywood media, right? It gets under my skin when they are censored as well. I don't know. Think about it. A lot of people are saying it's like the modern blacklist. And that's where it's frustrating because it's like, I don't want these people to be bullied or intimidated into only saying the acceptable point of view when it comes to things that matter and that they could have an influence on and impact and speak to if they really felt it. I think that we are all entitled to our our freedom of expression, our freedom of speech, of what we have to say. And so that's why there's nuance to this whole thing. Because I have a like a physical reaction both ways when lady gaga chugs a beer and tries to tell me what to do i like throw up in my mouth a little bit right but then when i see them getting shut up and fired and and taken off twitter and the web i also get pissed so maybe there's no right or wrong is it that we just like to hear from them again when they're saying something that we like so that's scary too because think about it back to what scarlett johansson said their job is to reflect our lives make us feel something see ourselves on screen arguably to that last one right So with that said, like, shouldn't they be able to express their real quote unquote, real views, interact with, I want to say normal, real people like us, right. In order to be able to express and portray that on screen. Someone who talked about that was actually Whitney Cummings, who is, she said recently in an interview and is really great. She was like, I'm in line with like the, the Hollywood, you know, their point of view and how they think. But I think it's important for us to view the other side as well. That's our job to make everybody laugh, to have people like see themselves through our lens, whatever on screen, that whole idea, right? Reflect everybody. And how are we going to do that if it's only like in the echo chamber of ourselves? So it's something to think about. I wish I had a more definitive answer for you guys today, but I really don't. It's an ongoing dialogue. There's no right or wrong. But in the meantime, let's pour one out for the goat, Ricky Gervais. This is for you, my dude.